Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Suzanne. And we are best friends and business partners who understand how our lives and our work are intertwined. And we talk about the challenges that are up for us because just like you, we're trying to get better all the time. Today, we're taking up a question that came from one of our listeners. Suzanne, I'm so excited. I just love that we have a listener who's asking us a question. I love that we have a listener. (laughs) I do too. I wish more listeners would ask us questions. Yeah, why don't they ask us questions? They're not good conversationalists. Yeah, they didn't listen to our conversationalist show. Yeah. Anyway, the listener that we had who did send in an awesome question, here's the situation. She's part of a team at work and she's really struggling to figure out how to help herself and her team be more creative, how to get them to think sideways and question convention and think out of the box or not not normally, about um, solutions. And actually, let me read you the sentence, the key sentence or two from the note she sent us. Here's her quote. How do you identify germs of a creative idea and then bring them to the next step? How do you make creative connections, which, which often require a certain mastery or a state of being informed, self knowledge? And then what's the first thing you do after you get a good idea? And Suzanne, the tone of her request, which, you know, doesn't really come through in those sentences, she was kind of desperate. And so I mean, not personally desperate. No, it sounds like she's tried everything and she's like, you guys. Yes. Let's just call her Carmela for now. Let's. So anyway, that's what she wants to know and that's what we're going to answer today. Great. And and I think we really want to talk about this. Part of what we were so attracted to is we love this topic and you should listen to this because this is what Rachel and I – no, after having done a, a lot of thinking about what works in the workplace. Information is a commodity. And even if you have expertise, and we've done a show on that as well, which is important, it really turns out that that's only one part of your value proposition in the workplace and, to be honest, in any relationship that you're in. And so our point of view is that the difference between being good at what you do and actually being the person who is memorable, who steps up and who breaks through the clutter 
is that you have to manifest creativity. It's just this is what the people around you want. Trust me, it's what your boss wants and it's what your colleagues want. And it should be really what gets you up in the morning and what keeps you engaged because this is the key to you really loving what you do. Absolutely. And look, we all want to be creative and we're all occasionally creative. But here's the deal. There are a number of obstacles that stand in our way. The good news for you is that when we come back, we're going to go through those obstacles and we're going to give you solutions that you can take away and use every single day and become that creative person, woman or man, on fire. So, Rachel, I just want to check in and make sure. Do you think this, what we're going to do today, applies to everyone or just people who feel that they're in a career that requires creativity? If you listen to nothing else on this podcast, hear this. No matter what you do, you can be a green eye shade accountant in the back of a steel mill. You can be a, a, a railroad worker. You can be a conductor. You An can actuary. Be anything you are. You can find creativity in that. And that is, as you said, what wakes you up in the morning, what gets you going. A life without being creative is just soul deadening. So, Rachel, let's just talk about the obstacles because I I think if we know what gets in the way, it'll be easier to talk about the solutions. So I know one because I fall victim victim to it all the time because I'm very aware of time in my day. A huge obstacle is just rushing. You're so focused on the deadline and when somebody tells you something is due that things just close in and all you're doing is just trying to get the job done. Yeah, that's huge. And the other big obstacle that I encounter is when I'm too focused on having to get to an outcome, like I've got to think of a really creative solution here. I've got a little I, I've got I've got a problem to solve. I've got, I've got to I've got to be creative right now in order to get to that outcome. It just never happens. And Suzanne, the biggest example of this all year was when we had been working a problem, because that's really how I approach creativity is as a problem to be solved. We were working it and working it for a client. And then we went on our vacation and we went climbing. And we were not trying to, quote, get to the answer. We just started talking about the problem and while we were hiking. And as we were talking and hiking and you were falling behind and <laughs> gasping and I was like sprinting, you... We had the most creative insights about the project, and it's 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 actually carried the thing all year, yeah. what we came to there. Yep. And I think in that process, we just weren't even judging. We were just letting the process go. So, yes, if you're too focused on the end product, you're not going to get there. This is a big one. I fall victim to this next one is when you fear you're going to disappoint someone – It is an obstacle to your creativity. So if you're so focused on what you think the other person wants or how they're going to assess you and your performance, so whatever it is you're coming up with, the actual delivery um, assessment is their happiness with it. It's a creativity killer. You know, I'm going to give you a, a, there's a sort of slight turn of the dial on that. That's a big one. 
um, the version of that that I would say is you have to be willing to make a fool of yourself. If you're concerned with your image, you can never be truly creative because you're always worried about how does that look? How does that seem? You have to be willing to look like a fool. And that is hard. It's really hard. I, You know, we had Tom Yorton from Second City on our show, and he – At Second City, his whole thing is about improv, and I watch improv and just think, I think it should be mandatory. I think every high school student should have to take an improv class because it would get rid of that fear of what happens if I make a fool of myself? What happens if I'm wrong? you've managed to learn how to make a huge fool of yourself without taking an improv class, which is super impressive. Yes, and. (laughs) Um, Yes, and. Okay. I think another um, obstacle is – and look, this is a super hard one to steer away from. But it's when you get sucked into the group think. You get sucked into the mindset of all the people around you. And this is particularly hard if there's a voice in the room who's dominating. And part of it is laziness on your part that you're thinking, okay, well, they're coming up with a bunch of ideas. Let's just go with them. Super easy to let that be your creative outlet. And Because you're accepting oh, their framework and the way yeah. they – because a lot of creativity is about rejecting the question itself, right? And you can't do that if you just dive unquestioningly into the way they frame the problem. So we always used to say as a joke when people hired us that we were (laughs) – we were – the most valuable to them on the day they hired us where we didn't know anything about the way they thought about the problem or anything. We were just like entering the situation and we had all kinds of really interesting, provocative things to say. And then over time, we, we started we, to merge with their mindset and then, and then got less and less valuable. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I do think that one of the ways you know you're in this is if your mind kind of shuts down in a brainstorming session, let's just say, and you just sort of sit back, just ask yourself the question, am I sitting back because I'm being lazy or am I sitting back because I actually think that the person in the room has got this nailed? The other thing I want you to watch for is if you feel that you're stuck Ask yourself what Rachel just asked, which is, are we stuck because nobody in this room is creative or are we stuck because we haven't been brave enough to question the assignment itself? Or brave enough to question what is widely accepted in our field, in this building, in this group. Yeah. So those are some obstacles. I think we need to get to some solutions. Okay, so now that we've talked about the things that keep you from being your fully creative self, let's talk about the things you can do that you must do to actually unleash your creativity. So let's talk about how how to do that. 
I think we have some good ones. The first one we have learned over and over again, which is that there is no substitute. When you want to find a creative solution or be creative, you actually have to know your shit. You have to know something about the thing you want to be creative about. So for example, in the kitchen, if you want to be a good cook and be creative in the kitchen, you have to know the basics. You've got to know something about cooking. You know, the thing that my one thing of several things that my mother says to me and my sister that just triggers the hell out of me is every time she hears about something I've done or something professionally, which is very creative, she'll go, and she means it as a compliment. You guys, you were really great bullshit artists. And it's just like, um, it's not bullshit. I know shit. (laughs) And then I do something interesting with it. Yeah. And that's the the spin that I think people put on it when they don't understand the creative process. What really matters if you want to be creative is your deep curiosity about the knowledge required about the thing that you're curious about. So if you want to be creative when it comes to coming up with clever names for products, you have to know the product. Know the space you're in. I mean, this is the Nike mantra. This is what has made Nike successful is they have brand campaigns that have won every award imaginable because the people in the room are the athletes in that sport. Right. And meanwhile, they are fondling women. I and know. Getting, it's, it's really, really disappointing. Really disappointing. I guess Just Do It took on a different... <laughs> the other um, helpful hint we can give you um, about being creative is, you know, everybody has a different metabolic need for time and space in order to unleash their creativity. It's it's different in every person. So you got to know your own patterns. Like what spaces help you be creative? What time do you need? So for me, I if I have too much unstructured time, I cannot be creative. If I have too little unstructured time, I cannot be creative. I discovered this by accident on the Amtrak train. I discovered that three hours is actually And especially when you get on a train and you know that the ride ends in three hours, it is exactly how much time I need and the deadline I need to be fully thoughtful and then land the plane in a creative solution. And that I discovered by accident, but everybody has their own thing. I also discovered I need to walk. I need to walk the problem. you and I have come up with some of our best ideas when when one of us is walking yes. or both of us yep. are walking. I also think that the space has conditions that are – you need to know what those conditions are. Some people listen to music. I will never forget the time that I recognized – Uh, that we had millennials working for us who had headphones on and I thought they were listening to like videos that we had recorded and we're annotating them for work and they were listening to music. The idea of listening to music while I'm working and thinking, I cannot understand that. I don't understand. But some people really do. It's clearly an age and generation thing. But for me, I need quiet space. And so whatever your space considerations are, I think – Lighting matters. I think it's about quiet or not quiet. I think it's about the number of disruptions. So time and space. You know, grocery shopping actually is a place where I solve a lot of problems creatively in my head because you're kind of on auto autopilot. I'm walking. I'm looking. But I'm not having to think too hard. 
and things will pop into my head. You know, that reminded me of we were really good at our at ROI Ventures of having the right kind of food in a room at a meeting that required creativity. That was good. Part of it was... I gained a lot of weight. <laughs> I didn't want the distraction of people wanting Want. food or wanting to snack on something and that being a distraction. By so, people, you mean you. <laughs> than me. Well, I had my Swedish fish and I hated those things. Those oh, God, are so I gross. Loved, I loved. I oh, needed a whole big jar of them. They're so you can. I could be starving to death, and there would be a large bowl so of Swedish. That's fish. where you and I part ways. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Um, can we talk about chaos? Because I think chaos and creativity are inextricably linked. Here's how. If you can't increase your tolerance for sitting in the chaos and letting the state of unknown just unfold around you like a ball of blubber, (laughs) you cannot really get to creativity because creativity is not about squaring the circle, straightening the papers on the – it's not about control. It's not about knowing. It's not about being right. It's not about shutting it down. It's the opposite. You have to let the chaos bloom, sit in it, tolerate that, and see what comes up. Because you know what? It's not coming up from the same part of your brain that controls, right? It's coming up from, you know, people go, I don't know where that came from. Well, it didn't necessarily come from God, although maybe you believe that. It comes from a part of your brain that's not what your thinking mind is. I just want to throw into this, Rachel, that I think for me, creativity comes from disciplined chaos. Well, what do you mean by discipline? Meaning I have to have some guardrails on it. All that comes to mind for me, because it was probably one of the most generative, creative times in my life, were times that I was at summer camp with a bunch of girls and we were given some assignment at two in the afternoon that by eight o'clock that night, we needed to have written a play or come up with costumes or written a song. And so there were guardrails on our chaos, both in terms of by what time did we have to have the thing delivered? The format. The format, generally speaking, and some amount of, you know, roles, who was going to do what. And from there, it was a free-for-all for a long time. But I'm talking night after night after night, week after week after week. And that's how I think about So I, I'd rather chaos. call it structured chaos because yeah. discipline suggests that you're going to be doing – you don't know what's going to come out. So it isn't really – 
like a discipline you put. It's just some structure around it. That's what I meant by that Amtrak ride. There were guardrails around how long this chaos would be. Yep. Yeah. And that helps me also tolerate the chaos if I know there's going to be an end to it. All right. I'll, I'll tell you what I took away from this conversation, Suzanne, if you'll tell me yours. I got mine. Okay. I I didn't really realize until you were talking about knowing your shit that it's really true that I get most creative in a project once I've actually learned a lot about the field I'm working with, the organization I'm working with. Then I know enough to actually say counterintuitive things or ask provocative questions or go up in altitude and question their very basic assumptions. Because when I don't know a whole lot, I actually am intimidated by how much they know and I don't want to act stupid. But then the more I know, I feel free. Yeah. I love that. My big takeaway is the surprising connection between mind and body when it comes to creativity, that it's not something I usually put together. But when I was thinking about what we were talking about in terms of physically needing to walk or my space needing to feel a physical way or even food needing to fuel myself, that those connections with what your body is doing has so much Right. To it's do so with, great. It's like creativity is a contact sport. Yeah. It's really great. It's very bo- – it's physical, not just mental. Love that. Okay. So hopefully we gave Carmela her answer. Yeah, Carmela, like, please. We just talked and talked and talked. And if you didn't walk away being a hugely creative person, then, then you suck. I think you failed. Yeah. yeah. We'll be back to the big payoff next week. Without indicating, he passes on the right. Driving through the night to bring us the best prize. If you... if you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the ACAST app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters.